Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Small Steps to Self-Love. I have a special guest, Jane Martin, here with me today. I'm really excited to chat with Jane about her new book and about abandonment and some different things that we're going to talk about today. Her book is titled The Daddy Chronicles, Memoir of a Fatherless Daughter, which I had the pleasure of reading, and it was really interesting. It was kind of told in these short chapters, I guess you would say, about... Mm -hmm. Yeah, about your childhood, about the abandonment of your father and some other really interesting themes. So I'm really excited to have you here. I believe I met you. Jane first through the Poetry Club. You joined the Poetry Club. Yes. Um, yes, which is an online poetry community that I run. So it's been great getting to know you there. And I'm Thank really excited you. to get to know you more here in this chat. So um, I'd love yeah. to pass it over to you to okay. introduce yourself. Anything you want to share about your book, your career, um, okay. and you have an interesting background with TV writing, I believe. TV writing, writing, yes. For yeah. um, I spent about 20 years writing movies for television. Awesome. So it really, it carries over into my current work because I'm very scene oriented. I tend to write in um, more as a dramatist. So um, I did that for t about 20 years. And then I, I started doing flash fiction, which again, is, is really just short scenes. So mm -hmm. it came naturally to me to kind of, I tend to be very concise now in all my writing. Um, and then I, I published a book, Tender Cuts, and that's a collection of flash fiction. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, started on this memoir. And it was, it was kind of surprising. I didn't plan on writing about my father. Mm -hmm. I was in a workshop and we were given all these different prompts. And these memories just started coming up to me very strongly. And, and so I wrote them down and, um, it was, uh, it, it was quite an emotional experience. I had kind of thought like that I had dealt with all of that anger toward my father because uh, I was I'm an adult now and I and I had in an intellectual way but what I didn't realize what uh, there was still a child in me and she was saying wait a minute I'm still hurting and so I knew that I had to give her a voice and the book starts out very much in her voice and then as it progresses, it grows into my adolescent voice and my young adult voice, and then my my as complete as we get adult voice. So that's uh, that's a little bit about how how it happened. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about how you made that decision to write from that younger perspective. So it was she from just, a workshop. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was like she never. I didn't realize all the anger I still had inside me. And it was coming from that young person that is always there, that is kind of hardwired by our early childhood um, years. And those things stay in there and you learn to adapt and, and deal with them and, and everything, but they're kind of hardwired and, and it, it really came up in her voice. And I thought, well, then I will give you a voice. And what was interesting is by the time I finished the book, so much of that had dissipated just by getting it out of my body and right. onto a page. So yeah, I highly recommend I that. that. 
I love that concept of giving your younger self a voice that they maybe didn't have at the time that you oh, were experiencing those things. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it became a, a real conversation. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think Could you have you... to honor that. You have to honor that inner child. Yes, definitely. I feel like that's a more common, I know like healing your inner child is a very like top, like hot topic right now. And so it's, it's really great that people are kind of exploring that and realizing that their inner child needs healing and needs attention and needs to get that anger out or whatever those feelings are. Yes. Out. So yeah. I think it's amazing that you were able to process it in that way. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Would you read, I know we mentioned about reading the prologue of the book. Would you share um, the, the intro to the book so readers have an I, idea, so listeners have an idea? I will. And I'm a newbie po- poet. I come to poetry very late in life. And, um, but this, this was one of my first poems and it's the prologue to the book and it's called Ode to the Lone Sperm. Eager little swimmer, Perhaps my competitive nature comes from you, who didn't get the memo that fertilization was not my father's intent, content as he was to have my mother all to himself. But you, you failed to notice your brethren's sperm treading water, not even trying, trying to tell you to ease up, little fella. This guy's just going through the motions, motions where emotions would never bloom. And in your haste to win the race, a child growing in the shadow of his withholding, a child always wondering why. Wow. Oh, that ending. And I love the play on words with emotions and emotions flows so well. And I love the, I mean, there's a little bit of sarcastic tone there, right? It does come through. It does come through. (laughs) Wow. Awesome. Thank yeah. you for reading that. And Thank I think you. that's an amazing poem. No matter how late in life you found poetry, I'm glad you found poetry. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah. So when we were talking about this episode, you shared with me that one in three women in the United States are fatherless, which is a shocking number to me, but maybe not shocking <laughs> to people who have experienced that. So what did it mean for you to write this book and share your story for other women who have had a similar experience? Well, I was blown away when I came across that because you see it's a being fatherless is very much a source of shame. Mm. It's it's a silent epidemic. Women don't talk about it because well if your father abandoned you, dumped you, didn't want you, obviously the problem is you. And of course, it's not, but we don't talk about it. And so all my life, I didn't think about others having the same issues or the same hurts as I did. I just felt alone. Um, And I came across a book called The Fatherless Daughter Project by Dina Bebel. Um, And that's where I found the statistic. And then I kind of knew, like, there's... There's a tribe out there. It's a sad tribe, but there's a tribe. And this book could be helpful. If I wish I had had this book when I was decades younger, because mm-hmm. maybe if I could have seen somebody else's behavior and it mirrored mine, I could have seen how destructive it was much earlier. I could have recognized, my God, 
I do that too. Um, and it would have given me some kind of a guide. So, um, yeah, I call it my, my journey from hurt to healing. And, um, and there are, there are so many women out there. It's, it's really staggering. So that's, it became something that I could, I could do to connect with others who, who felt the same way and, you know, just let them know that they're not alone and it's not you and it was never you and it was always him. And that's pretty much the message of the book. Yeah. That's such an important message. Really. Mm -hmm powerful work that you're doing with this book. So I think that's yeah. amazing. And also I found um that I I have I've I've let go of my anger toward him. I I was really able at an at an emotional level to let go of it and realize that a person can only give what they have. Mm -hmm. Whatever was going on with him, I don't know. Um and he he really ended up having a very lonely life. So it's not like he went on to have great happiness. He didn't. Um, so it was, you know, I, I don't harbor that kind of anger toward him anymore. Right. And that 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 feels good. Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it? Because you mentioned in the beginning, whenever you re whenever you wrote about him, you didn't expect to ever write about him. Was it something that you thought about often as an adult? Did you notice the effect that it maybe had on, with other relationships in your life or was it oh. something you kind of buried away? Oh, no, I absolutely saw the correlation there. I absolutely did. I spent my life seeking out emotionally unavailable men like my father and trying to get them to love me. And that's very common, very common. And then when a, when a, potential healthy relationship would come along, I would just push that away. I would think, I'm not going to give you my heart because you'll abandon me. So I, I was, I couldn't win either way. Um, mm. And I, I will still, I still have real trust issues when it comes to men. Um, but I, I, I mean, I managed to go on. I, I never got married. I am single and that's fine. It works for me. Um, but um, yeah, you can go on and have a very happy life. Uh, if you kind of, I think, uh, if I had recognized maybe that pattern when I was much younger, right? But it it took me, you know, almost into my forties for me to go, oh, that's what I'm doing. And then I just was hardwired that way, right? So, yeah, big abandonment is in intimacy and trust issues. You know, yeah. in terms of letting people get close to me. Right. What do you think was the turning point in you realizing this about yourself? Like, what would you maybe say to someone who is younger? And what okay, would you want this is know? this is going to be really strange, but I'm I, I'm just going to put it out there. I went through. First of all, another thing that fatherless daughters will do is become promiscuous. Very often, they will use sex to get love because when you're being held, you know, you can call that, it feels like love. Right. Um, so that's part of my life was, was always getting me in trouble. That's that sex drive. Well, I went through an early menopause. I went through menopause when I was in my early forties and it was very quick and it was over and it took my sex drive with it. 
And I began to notice something. I began to notice that I wasn't scratching after men. I wasn't in healthy relationships. I was taking all that energy that I had put out trying to find somebody to love me. And I was putting it in myself. Mm -hmm. And I was riding and I got a horse. I always wanted a horse. And I, I just, I blossomed as a person. And I realized that that behavior was kind of an addictive behavior. And, um, oh, the dog is going to start. It just is what it is. Um, and, and, and now I kind of, it's one of the things like, no, I don't want to ever go back to that because I'm afraid of being sucked back into that pattern again. Yeah, that's when I noticed it when I hit 40 and realized that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have that need, which for me was a destructive need, not for other people, but for me, it was destructive. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, that was the big epiphany. And honestly, I've never been happier. (laughs) Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Definitely. Would you read um, an excerpt from your book? Another excerpt? I know that I picked a couple out that I enjoyed, but anyone that you'd like to read? I will. I will. This is called, And Then He Is Gone. When Daddy leaves us for the last time, he wears a blue pinstripe suit with a freshly pressed handkerchief in his chest pocket, a fedora hat, and black Oxfords that shine like new pennies. Tall and oh so handsome, he looks just like one of those movie stars that smile out from the covers of magazines Mommy keeps on her vanity. My small hands press against the window. I draw a heart with my finger in the circle of my breath as I watch him carry his suitcase across the busy city street, growing smaller with each step he takes away from us. The bell of the cable car rings out as it passes. And then he is gone, never having turned, never seeing me still waving long after he disappears. My heart melts and slides down the glass. For weeks after that, I still ask, when is daddy coming home? He had left us before, left and came back, left and came back. Upon each return, I would run into his arms, his embrace short and stiff but enough for me to breathe in his scent, cloves and pine, capturing it in my memory like a firefly in a mason jar. You knew he wasn't a family man when you married him, my grandmother says to my mother, but she's looking at me. And though I don't know what family man means, I see mommy turn her head to hide her tears. When daddy comes back, I'll be such a good girl, such a good girl, I say. My tummy starts to hurt, and I crawl up into daddy's chair, my bare legs sticking to the leather, my tiny bottom trying to fill the space left by his, and wonder what I could have done to make him stay. Wow. That one really stood out to me because it seems like so immediate that you as a child were blaming yourself for this. Is that right in saying that? That's what that's what they do. Children will blame themselves. Right. They're not going to blame their parents. Their their parents are, you know, their parents are perfect. I mean, they can't blame their parents. They have to blame themselves mm-hmm. in all sorts of situations, you know, divorce and alcoholism and fighting. You know, when parents fight, children will blame themselves. So yeah, 
yeah, that's what we do. And then we grow up blaming ourselves. Right. Oh, that one's so powerful. And you you can just tell what a writer you are with all the imagery and and everything. Did you, whenever you wrote that particular chapter or really any of the chapters, did all of those details come to you very easily or did you have to kind of dig for those in your memory? You know, I mean, I wrote a first draft, of course, and then I went back and I, I rewrote it. Yeah. But, um, but it really kind of sort of poured into me from another place. It was very unusual. Um, I, I haven't had it happen before. I usually have to scratch and bang my head against the wall and all of that. But it just, they really, the feeling came on. And when the feelings came on, I remembered, I remembered those spots. And I, and I was surprised of things that I remembered that I hadn't thought about in years. And all of a sudden I go, oh my God. So it's all stored in there. And and it, it helps if you can get it out. I, I would suggest if you just write to yourself, write letters to yourself, write letters to your, to your younger self. It, it, it helped me to get it out. Definitely. I've done that as well. Mm -hmm. Writing letters to my past self to Mm -hmm. work through different emotions or feelings or events in my life too. So that's a really great advice. Um, And I don't know if you have listened to past episodes, but every episode I give like a small step for my listeners to do each week. Um, So I think that's a good one for this week is to write a letter to your younger self, to your past self and see what comes out and see what you can kind of work through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and let them have a voice, let them say Mm -hmm. what, what do you want to say to me? What didn't you get to say? And you will be surprised at what comes up. Oh, and, that's that's um, a good prompt. And then you begin to have that, uh, you begin to become a whole person. You know, mm. you 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 bring those, the child and the adult together. And um, and that's, I think, is, is where the real healing comes in. Right. Yeah, that's a yeah. wonderful prompt. Yeah. Great advice. You. Yeah. There is a chapter in your book also that really caught my attention. It talked about changing the spelling of your name. Could you talk oh, yeah. a little bit about that decision and like what made you well, do that? that? Was, that was part of me wanting to be more glamorous and more desirable so someone would love me because obviously nobody loved plain Jane. And I always, always get taunted and called that. And, and, um, and it was the, it was at the time when my father was dying and I just, I wanted to be more glamorous. I wanted to, I was around 14. No, I was around 16 then, maybe 17. And, you know, going into those years, I just wanted to be not playing. I wanted to be somebody that could attract someone, somebody maybe, I don't know, my father would have loved. So it was, it was that it was just, you know, like, like you bleach your hair, you want, you want to look something different. And I just decided this is who I am now. It was just that I wanted to be more than I thought I was. Yeah. That so makes I was identifying more with Jane Mansfield than Jane Fonda. Bad choice. What a bad <laughs> choice. <laughs> but uh, there you go. I wasn't secure enough. Right. I needed something else. Yeah. That's, That's what really I did. interesting. That's yeah. I do did. you feel like that, I mean, didn't really make a huge impact on your life, but did you feel like it did at first or what was um, the... I did around that. feel like a little different person. I felt yeah. more adult, like I was on the path to creating who I would become. Yeah. For whatever reason. I also bleached my hair. 
Perfect. (laughs) Got the combo. So, (laughs) so I think I, it was just, um, and then when I, when I, I started out as a model and an actress and I could have changed my name completely then. Uh, but for some reason I didn't, I just said, no, this is my name, but, but I did change that, that one spelling. It seemed to make a difference to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. And then since just this podcast is about self-love journeys and all of that, um, we've talked a little bit about the, the long-term kind of effects that the abandonment and trust issues and everything that has had on you. Do you mm-hmm. feel like this had an impact on how you how you viewed yourself, how you view self-love, how you maybe take care of yourself now? Well, it did when I was younger, um, certainly. But I, I really... I can look at the life that I created that he had no part of. This is what, and I can look at my accomplishments and I feel proud of myself and I, and, uh, and I take great care of myself and I value myself and all of that grew. Um, but it was post 40 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now I feel very, very healthy. I know that I will always have trust issues, abandonment issues and, you know, and intimacy issues, but they don't rule my life. I can look at those and go, okay, that's part of who I am. I'm also not good at math. And as much as I love to sing, I'm tone deaf. So I can kind of put it in those are skills I don't have, but I have all these other skills that I manifested and that I get to take responsibility for. And those are much more important. So, um, Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that perspective. Also can't sing, so I relate. <laughs> can't sing. Tone deaf. Love to sing. Mm. Tone deaf. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you did, you know, become happier with yourself and treat yourself well and value yourself. Like that's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for for the interview. I'm really thrilled to have been here and had an opportunity to talk about my journey and to talk about the book. And um, and I hope the people who need to read it and you know, interesting that, that the men's response has been really very positive. I did a reading mm-hmm. with a, a bunch of men in the audience for the first time at AWP in Philadelphia this year, and I said to them. You know, they're all looking at me like, what do I care? And I said, you know, you should really care about this book. First of all, because you never want a daughter of yours writing one like it, because you may have a little girl or have one already, and you need to be there for her. And also because you may be dating a woman with these same problems and wondering what the heck is going on with her. And I said, this is your handbook. So I think it's an important book, whether you're a fatherless daughter or whether you want a better understanding of someone you know who is. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. Thank you. That's a great point. So where can people find your book? Where can people find you and learn more about you? Um, uh, It's on Amazon. Um, My website, you can go to my website, which is janemartin-writer.com. And it has all the places here that you can can get it. Indie books, Barnes and Noble is available in Kindle. I'm, I'm thinking about doing an audio. Yeah, I think we're, you, anybody can order it. You go to your local bookstore, they can order it. Perfect. I'll put the links in the description as well so people can Thank find you. Thank you. Thank you so yes. much. Definitely. This was wonderful. Thank you again for your time and opening up about 
um, some hard stuff to talk about. I appreciate that a lot. Well, I think you, you know, I think it's important. I don't want other, other women to feel that it's just them. It's Mm -hmm. not. We're all here for you. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a wonderful message. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful week.